With 22 million UK users, LinkedIn offers a fabulous opportunity to find your ideal clients and to stay ahead of your competition. But what do these future clients currently find when they visit your profile? First impressions count. So, are you proud of your fantastic profile because it is client ready and written with them in mind? Or do you look at it and wonder how you could do better because you are not generating leads? My Marketing Guy works with those who want to take advantage of the amazing potential offered by LinkedIn. So, for more details, please email guy at mymarketingguy.co.uk to arrange an initial consultation. Remember, your next client is on LinkedIn. Hi everyone, it's little old me just doing a quick intro to explain that this show was recorded before the COVID-19 pandemic. Now we delayed release of the show to cover some more relevant content, which of course related around the problems that businesses were going to face during the pandemic lockdown. So forgive us if there are elements of the show which are now slightly out of date. That's mainly relating to the new sections, of course, the rest of the show and the main topic that we're discussing is still very much relevant. So we hope you enjoy. You're listening to Go Fish, exclusively on the pod station. Welcome everyone to episode 13 of the Go Fish Marketing Podcast where each week we try and come up with some tips and tricks to help make the most of your marketing budget. Um, as always, I'm with my co-host, I'm with uh, uh, Chris Roxburgh from My Marketing Guy. Hello Chris. Hello everybody, hello Mark, hello Elaine. Well you've just bought that intro Chris. <laughs> um, on my other side is my other fellow co-host, uh, it's Elaine from To Sum It Up, Elaine Atherton, hiya. Hello everybody. How do we feel? Are we superstitious people? Lucky, unlucky 13th? Absolutely not. I was born on the 13th, so I can't afford to be. Well, I think Don't Elaine. You that, I think, I think <laughs> Don't you dare. Don't you dare. I think Elaine that just answers that question, doesn't that's it? That's it. That's it. There we go. We rest our case. Moving on. <laughs> so, what? Um, a couple of things before we get stuck in. Um, what we do is each week we pick a different topic within the marketing niche world. Uh, we cover it, we try and dissect it, we try and give some pointers on how you can perhaps apply things better to your business. Um, and if you uh, don't hear what you need to hear, then you can obviously email us to let us know at the gofish at the podstation.co.uk. We love the old questions. Uh, we also love comments and five-star reviews, which you can do uh, by going on to all the various major podcast platforms which we're on. Uh, if you're not sure where those are, if you go to the podstation.co.uk forward slash go fish, uh, you will actually find links to all of those platforms. Five-star reviews helps us get seen. Uh, share and like the word with your family, your friends, your business contacts, um, because again, that helps us uh, help more people, I guess. Um, what else? We're on social media. That's mm-hmm. go underscore fish marketing. No, is it? Yes, it is. It's go underscore fish marketing. I'm going to check that. <laughs> I get that wrong every single week. At least you're consistent. <laughs> Thank you. Go underscore fish marketing. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and of course, LinkedIn, Chris. 
Um, why would we not be? Why would we not mm. be? Uh, so you can like there. We're going to uh, start firing out some useful tips and pointers by way of posts that you can obviously get on board with. Um, I think that's probably about it, isn't it? I think I've done my housekeeping yeah, I think there. So. Well Good. done, me. Very professional. <laughs> uh, so, keeping this professional aim, let's move on to our first section of the show, which is, of course, news. Uh, we try and cover something that may have happened in the recent weeks, which may impact upon either your business or your forecasting or the way you might try and market your business. Um, so, who wants to go first today? Anyone? Elaine? Okay, then. Um Mine's a little story about uh, different types of marketing and advertising, which um, I think it's always great, isn't it, to keep us on our toes. So Waitrose um, are actually looking at something very different, uh, which is their advert is not going to have um, voiceovers or music. It's going to be natural sounds of food. Um, so it's going to be very much uh, sort of like a drawing on people's senses really so that's going to be quite interesting to see how that works so they're starting with four products uh one's going to be white sourdough bread and then there's going to be mangoes from farms in ghana and then there's going to be some olive oil and free-range excess i've got a cu- i've got a couple of <laughs> chris is wetting himself over. i've got a couple of questions the first one is what does sourdough bread sound like <laughs> Well, it's that crunch. Of, oh, you must know that the crunch of crusty bread is just oh, like oh, that's crusty. Sort of crusty. Well, yeah. I get that. Yes, yeah, so, yes, we all get yeah. that. As long as it's not chewing, chewing drives oh. me insane. The sound of someone <laughs> chewing—it doesn't matter how much I love that person in the world. If I hear chewing for some reason, mm. it just it crucifies. Uh, me. There is that. There is a name for that, you know. Is there? The people who yeah suffer a with crank. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, there is seriously a name for people who don't like the sound of chewing. But anyway, we digress. Not mastication. <laughs> Something like that. No, <laughs> no, it's not that. We'll look you up and chew the fat later, Chris. Oh, God, it's going to be a tough one today. Is it not, it's not the 13th today, is it? <laughs> no, no. Hang on, let me double check. No, it's not. <laughs> Nothing wrong with the 13th. So when are they rolling this out at length? Um, that I don't know. I don't know yet. It's coming soon, I gather. It's um, it's an interesting idea. It is. I mean, sometimes these ideas are hugely successful and revolutionary, and sometimes they're just a bit of a flash in the pan, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, I think when you when you, you, you well, I it says a lot about me really because I remember the Marks and Spencers want some of those. I mean, they're so visual, weren't they? You know that they really they they were the first of their kind with like pouring oh, liquids and, and that voiceover as well. Yeah, it just made you hungry. It did. So it's getting quite interesting, actually. I'm I'm looking forward to it personally. To well, see I'm what looking they forward do. to it now that I know what it is. <laughs> well, nothing changes if nothing changes. That's so true. So you've got to have a go, don't you? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Great news story, Christopher. Um, don't know if it's a news story, but it's certainly something I uh, I found this week, and it's a LinkedIn initiative, um, and it is the facility on LinkedIn to be able to invite all your connections to an event you might be holding. Oh. Now this is this it's relatively new. I can't pin it down to when. In fact, like everything with LinkedIn, it gets rolled out to its 675 million members over a period of time. So I might have got it um, a week or so ago. Other people might be getting it 
during the course of this year. They should so have created an event for it, really, shouldn't well, they? They should have done, shouldn't they? <laughs> Is it in alphabetical but, order with your surname? Because that would be helpful. <laughs> well, that would always put me near the end, like at school. <laughs> I, I, I doubt it. I, I doubt it. Oh. But um, I, I don't know what criteria they, they roll it out to, but, but it is rolled out and not... You can read about these these new new initiatives from from LinkedIn, but you don't necessarily have them. So, um, but I, I do have this because I've I've put it to the test. I've uploaded a uh, uploaded an event that I'm promoting for the thirty first of March. Haven't invited anyone yet, but I'm just testing. I'm, I've uploaded it. It's ready for me to press the button and uh, and see if that works. Mm. Rather than using rather than sending direct messages to uh, to a lot of people it's a good idea though isn't it i think it's fab- so fabulous it, will yes it, will it be for the paid accounts then will it be do you think or you don't know i don't know no. um i i i have a paid account i've got it um yeah. i'm not sure not sure but no. i can check that that's a good uh, that's a good question could you uh, could you email that to go fish <laughs> at, uh, Give me the heads up. I could do that, yes. <laughs> as, as of course, I'm not uh, averse to the odd shameless plug, Chris. You mentioned this uh, course on the 31st. Uh, what is it? 31st of March. It's uh, it's a LinkedIn lead generation masterclass. Mm. Right. Is is it one online or is no? It... No. Uh, regrettably, it's um, uh, not regrettably at all. It's a uh, it's one in Chester at the Abode Hotel, which. Um, uh, I usually restrict the numbers to about a maximum of 12, um, which is really manageable and people get uh, get a lot out of the day mm. when it's small numbers like that. And how can people sign up if if not through LinkedIn? They can go to the www.mymarketingguywith2gsinthemiddle.co.uk. <laughs> Um, uh, go on to my event page and uh, and follow the follow the links through there. Yeah, splendid, Good. splendid. Thank you for the opportunity, Mark. Yeah, that's all right, Chris. I'll edit it out. That was cruel. Right, my news story um, actually ties in with uh, something that the mercurial Mister Roxborough over there foresaw. Um, a few months ago, which was about uh, online social media advertising, uh, because Facebook have just posted um, some results which show that their advertising revenues have stayed under 30% for the last four quarters. And they are saying this is largely due to the fact that privacy changes and Mm. what they're able to do with privacy settings and, of course, the limitations this creates and the reluctance of their customers to perhaps try and flex the muscles with the privacy world Mm. um, has reduced the amount or at the very least held it at a similar level. Mm. Um, Now, Google were mentioning this as well. I've seen a similar article about Google and their advertising um, much around the same time. So certainly in the UK and EU with the likes of the GDPR rules and I think probably more internationally, the huge amount of pressure that the likes of uh, Google and Facebook are facing with what they do with data. Mm. So with the political mm. campaigns and elections mm. and suggestions of untoward actions by various people that they're really having to smarten themselves up on these sorts of things and it's it's having an impact on, on mm. your ability to reach out to certain audiences. It's bound to, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Mm, interesting. 
So uh, that that that's the news. Um, so have we uh, last week we talked about websites and we always encourage people to try and throw some questions to us on the topic. Um, have we got any questions? Who was in charge of looking for them today? Well, I I was talking to somebody during the week and he gave me one that's uh, that's relevant. Um, <clears throat> it's probably one that for you to answer, Mark, really, and. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Note to Mark who's editing this, make sure you definitely, definitely edit out Chris's advert for his course. <laughs> if, if Elaine hadn't, le- hadn't leaned away and gone like this, I, I'm going to have to wear blinkers uh, next to- I'll, I'll look right. away, I'll look away. Right, can I remember what it was? Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I've uh, I've got one, Mark. I met somebody during the week, and uh, he asked a really interesting question, which um, I certainly wasn't qualified to to answer, but you probably are. Um, and it, it it was with technology with technology steaming away the way it is at the moment. Um, do you think there'll be a time when? something replaces websites and how long do you think that might be and do you have any idea what it might be Ooh, that's a big question that's a big it's, question it's, it's big and it's deep isn't it it is yeah. i mean the honest answer is if i knew that answer i'd be setting up a business yeah, that does yeah. exactly <laughs> that right well, about well now. i was hoping you'd spill the beans so we could all go into partnership <laughs> I think I think the format of a, a website, or rather the purpose that it serves, is probably something that's going to be around for an awful long time. Mm. Yet, yeah. how we gain access to those sites or how we interact with them is possibly likely to be the biggest change that mm. you might face. So, and this ties in very nicely to a, a forthcoming guest that we hope to have on the show, who deals specifically in VR, so virtual reality. Of course, yeah. So, um, yeah. with the increase on, and certainly the price reductions in the likes of the vr world Mm. it's highly likely that you might be able to interact with websites in a more 3d Mm. immersive type of Mm. way so you put a vr headset on and it's you're almost in an environment a 3d environment Mm. that allows you to to do all kinds which i think would probably be the next step and would quite frankly be super mega cool Mm. (laughs) chris and i are thinking oh my god (laughs) I, no, I, I, I mean the technology is there, isn't it? Already, it's just a question of joining the dots with, mm. uh, with, with the likes of websites. I, I think that would be a terrific ad- advance. Mm. But uh, let's wait and see, hey. Fingers crossed. You heard it here first. <laughs> I shall report back. I think the thing is, isn't it? Anyway, it will change, right? Because when you, even when you go back not that many years ago, you think of LinkedIn. Your profile was actually more like your CV, wasn't it? And mm. how's that changed? So things just do, do move forward. Oh, well, all the time. I'll beat that. He won't be listening to this, so I'm safe to say. <laughs> a good friend of mine who's got a business that has no website, um, but we'll be getting <clears> one soon, aren't we, dude? Um, <laughs> uh, he's just bought another company. Uh, which has been absorbed within his existing company. Now, that business does have a website, and he rang me the other day going, oh, I'm so excited, Mark, I've got a website. Um, Here's the link, and he sent it to me. And going back to what you said, Mm. this was a website that was probably built over 10 years ago. And Mm. you look at it now and the the extent to which uh, just even the most basic of sites has come on. This one is 
vile to say the yeah. thieves. Like, is there anything you can do with it? I said, yep, delete it and start again, mate. <laughs> That's my advice to you. Um, but even just over that short period of time, yeah. the big change in what a website is yes. and looks like is yeah. is a quite big jump. So yeah. it's it's certainly far from mm. uh, unlikely. Cool. Thank you. Great. Well, great question, whoever yeah. that was. Uh, did, did we have a name? It's Steve Alan. from Nottingham. Alan. Oh, was it Alan? From Heswell. Alan from Heswell? Yep. Good question, Alan from Heswell. Thank you very much, Alan. Mm. Um, as we mentioned before, if you do have a question, it's gofish at thepodstation.co.uk. If you let mm. us know what your business is as well, yeah. give you, we're, we're more than happy to give you a free shout-out for your troubles. Yeah. Um, so that's always a nice incentive, isn't it, Elaine? It is indeed. Bit of free marketing. Bit of free marketing. We uh, like that. Which is a great way of raising <clears throat> awareness mm. of your business, which yep. just so happens to be the first step in the sales funnel, isn't it, it Elaine? It is indeed. Which it happens is. to be the topic for today. So we're going to cover the sales funnel, which yeah. a lot of people are th- probably thinking is that a kitchen appliance. <laughs> But Elaine is going to enlighten us as to why it isn't the kitchen appliance, no. aren't you, Elaine? I am. I am. Do you know? I mean, this is obviously one of my my chosen topics. If if I was ever on University Challenge, this would be my topic. Really, it's that. It, it's um. Ooh. It's one of those things, isn't it? That it's there's lots of myths around it. I think that's so. The first place I would start is is when we talk, you know, sales processes and the funnel and, and you know, let, let's face it, there's all different sizes of businesses and, and you know, we know that some of our listeners have got a very small business, um, might not be a sole trader, others are work for large companies. So it all feels a little bit daunting if you if if you haven't got anyone to to help you with your sales processes or your strategy, your funnel, it's it's a real, you know, overwhelm. So then, of course, you know, some people think, well, I'll go to an expert and of course, you know, an expert, if you're a small business on your own, can can be quite costly. So it tends to be one of the things that people bury their head in the sand a little bit with, really. So, so my sort of theory on the whole, um, you know, if we talk sales processes, because sales processes and sales funnels are, are sort of one of the same. Some may argue if you if you're in a, a digital marketing arena, you would probably very much call it the funnels, but they they all sort of intertwine really and that the whole if we were to put it in simple terms it's how do you get people in the the outside world uh how do you attract those people that are going to be interested in what you've got so there so the first level issue is is obviously getting that awareness out there and capturing in the nicest possible way some leads isn't it so that's the first first bit really it is yes so, do you want me to carry on at oh, this yeah, stage? Oh, yeah, no, we're oh, riveted. Shall, shall we yeah, carry, she on? Was okay. carry on? She was the one who mentioned mastermind. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I so, think we're all in agreement there that, uh, yeah. you know, the the clever marketing people are the ones that uh, present the sales Start the sales process. With, yeah. with the <laughs> Don't be starting opening that wound again, oh, Mr. Roxburgh. Well. Well, you wouldn't expect him to open that wound and me not to jump in on it, would you? So, so we we have this debate. If you haven't listened to our previous podcast, Chris and I have this little debate about: is your marketing part of your sales process, <laughs> or does sales sit in the marketing process? Well, for me, I know. For me, it's um, you you know, you've got to know who you're talking to before you can even do anything. So, who you know, who are these leads and who do they look like? So anyway, so the first part is generating uh, the leads. So you, you, you're putting it out there. Um, and we'll talk, obviously, we're going to talk about how you do that and all the different ways. Um, but you're sort of creating this awareness for what you have 
and um and firstly it's it's a numbers game isn't it really because you don't you know you might you're obviously whenever you're putting something out there you're not going to go into the finite detail of what you do you're sort of putting some things out there that will attract certain people um because you're saying some of the right things that these people think oh i need that um, and then, of course, you're going to get these these leads. So, of course, as the funnel goes down, which is where the funnel comes from, because it's like this triangle, isn't it? Um, then it's um, you've got to decide then. You will have decided, should I say, where, how you're going to get those leads. And I think Chris is going to pick pick up on that. You know, how what route are you going to go uh, to get these leads? So then you've got them. So then it's about, so you, you've had people contact you, whether whatever platform that is. And then it's that engagement with them. So you're going to have some, you know, communication with them. Now, it, you know, there's loads of different ways that could be done. So, you know, we can't cover them all. Uh, but it depends on your business, doesn't it? Some of it will be automated via your social media routes. Some of it, if you're a small business, might just be they've contacted via an email. And so you're then having some sort of an engagement and a bigger conversation really uh, and then from from there um there's loads of bits obviously within all of this which we can talk more about but it it's then filtering so it's as the funnel narrows it's filtering to, and looking at well how are these people um are they are they ready to purchase is it just is, they're just is, it, is this the qualification process yeah exactly yeah, yeah. you know are they then getting to this place where they think yeah actually i want i want to know a bit more so at this point you've got to have some really good questions and for me questions are the bit that often um we can be a little bit haphazard about and uh, think oh well i'll have this conversation with somebody and it could be a a, a call is arranged and it's a little bit of well i'll just see how the conversation goes we should in my mind we should never go into a conversation with a let's just see how it goes you you should have some some questions that you want to ask because ultimately you want to know whether you're the right person to help them and they want to know also whether you're the right person um to help them get where they want to be so it's a two-way thing um, so questions are really, really key. And then, of course, that would lead to the sale. We made that sound very easy, but if we're putting it in simple terms, it starts with the bigger numbers and then it goes down um, into, you know, fine-tuning the people that you know you can really help make a difference with and they know that you're the ones that are right for them. So that's sort of, and then there's lots of things around that. 10 Minutes, 10 Days, 10 Actions is brought to you by Two Summit Up. Expert sales tips and advice provided in a structured, bite-sized way for only £97. Learn how to improve your processes with 10-minute podcasts provided each day for 10 days, which you can listen to from the comfort of your own home, office or whilst out and about. For more information, visit twosummitup.co.uk forward slash 10 dash actions. I've probably <coughs> overcomplicated my sales funnel then because I've got lots more steps. <laughs> well, I should, at this point, I should step in and say that uh, anyone who's unfamiliar with the marketing world, um, they do love a good diagram. Um, economists love a good graph. Marketeers absolutely seem to adore a good diagram is my 
<laughs> is my um, experience. So, Chris, you have one. Two, I have three, a fabulous four. diagram. You have like seven. <laughs> you have seven layers, don't you? With seven different colours. It's oh. the the seven steps to the bottom of the sales funnel. Yes, <laughs> because yes. because of course we've got a, a limited time span. I mean, I mm. suppose let's let's try and keep it relatively generic. Um, that start with the awareness, which is the step one, because obviously the concept of the funnel is you'll start by getting out to a large number of people and over the course of the mm. stages those numbers will dwindle because yeah. if you appeal to a thousand people it's unlikely a thousand people are going to all buy that product come mm. the end of that process so the fund is that it gets less and less and less as you as you work your way down so in terms of awareness what what do we what do we mean chris about trying to raise awareness well, there are two. There are two sales, two types of sales funnel, aren't there? There's there's a manual one. There's the one where, you know, you're picking the phone up, you're prospecting for leads, um, and that's the one that in in days gone by I I used to know and and love. Um, you connect with connect with people, go through the qualification process that uh, that Elaine was talking about before. But then you'd before you'd you would you would want to arrange a meeting. If this was a big client, you'd want to arrange mm. a meeting. But before that you do your research. Do mm. that do they need you? Uh can they afford you? And so on and so forth. What what sort of services might they want? Um go in there and do the presentation. And if the presentation goes well, obviously, you know, you've got your, your objection handling and all all that sort of process. If the the presentation goes well, well, you uh, you then get to to the close, which is very difficult for for a lot of us. We, we generally speaking, I mean, this is why this is what you teach, isn't it, mm. Elaine? Mm. Um, the close is something that doesn't come naturally to Brits. Um, ask, <laughs> asking for the business, mm. I think uh, there are. Other nationalities, such as the Americans, uh, that they'll just go straight in and ask for the business. But we, we bumble around. Uh, asking for the business is important, important because you're reaching the bottom of the sales mm. funnel now. This is this is the the pointy bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then of course, if you don't actually get a definitive answer at um, uh, at that stage, then there's the follow up, mm. and that that is that is my manual sales funnel if you like yeah the digital one's completely different yeah. and i think we don't want to blur the two because the digital one is huge numbers huge numbers and mm. making people aware of you um <clears throat> aware of you by social media by uh by email and and, and so on mm. and a lot of that can be auto- automated the manual process where you're just picking single single companies off that you do want to do business with yeah that's that's a different world yeah um, totally agree and, and mm. I, i'm currently operating well i have operated in one world i'm now operating in the mm. in the in the digital world of the two i probably preferred the the manual one because you're in charge of your own destiny there mm. um the digital one arguably easier because a lot of it can be automated does that make sense? Yeah. No, completely. it does make sense. And I think that's, you know, that's the real point here is 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 that there are very much two worlds and I think mm. this the the challenge comes in and I'm only saying this from personal experience and the, some of the people I'm in my network I'm speaking to is when you are having to do it yourself and it's very much a manual process, you know, 
quite a few people I speak to are coaches or you know, they've got it's a service they're offering so it's not necessarily the the they'll use the digital world but a lot of it is is phone calls and you know this is it's so important to have real steps to so as soon as that email drops in what do you do next what is it do you have a a template of an email that automatically is is automated within your you know your outlook box whatever you use that you respond with all those things are really important because as i always bang the drum of it's all about the buyer that potential person um what does it look like from their world so if they're not you know if they're not if there isn't a any sort of a response that is automated and they don't hear anything for three days they're not likely to no. do business with you are you so so it's very much about you think about it through the eyes of the person walking through the journey with you is it is it a good journey is it the first impression that you want them to have is it a good one um and of course that means it's it's up to us then as as those that business owner to make sure all these steps are are right you know nobody can do that bit for you yes you can get some help uh for your emails or whatever you, you know that looks like or even you know whether it's some technical help but actually we we need to make it in the way or have it in the way that is right for us as a company because my auto response and my reactions or my follow-up emails could be very different from somebody else's but they are are mine are in line with my brand and feel right for me yes so it's important isn't it and even though the they might seem more manual it's very important that they're done in the right way the, the awareness element is very much a lot of the stuff we've already covered and probably will largely cover going forward. The things mm, like mm. social media posts, websites, leaflets, mm. branding, uh, networking, it, whether it's the manual or the digital version, it's yeah. about being out there and being visible and being seen yeah. in order to raise that awareness. Um the next step, of course, is because, of course, if nobody knows you exist, you're never going to get no. your work, are no. you? No. So it's about doing all of those things. Mm. And I suppose to keep, to be able to channel in specifically on the funnel aspects mm. and your expertise, Elaine, uh, for the awareness element, I'd probably say go back and listen to our other episodes yeah. to understand yeah. the kind of things you can do in order to raise that awareness. Yeah. The next step, of course, is, as you say, getting people interested to actually mm. take it that next step forward. What kind of factors are people looking at or what sort of things are going through people's minds as a customer in deciding whether they may or may not be interested in a product? Yeah, well, that's, that's a really good question because actually when people come to us, whatever our service is, we'll use my example, you know, people come to me, it's it's part of my, my job as the, inverted commas seller not a salesperson i add at this point I, it's my business and i'm promoting my services it doesn't matter what my services are um so it's my job to really understand by the questions i ask what is it really important to them and that's one of the, the biggest mistakes we make is we assume that people are coming to us for a reason um and actually uh, it, it goes back to the whole point about you know one of the thing the stories I use isn't it who you know we all buy or whoever buys the, the big American fridge freezer if I said to twenty people in a room why would you buy it they're not all going to say the same reason but they'd all oh you know, some wouldn't even buy it but generally people will have different reasons why they would buy it so that's our job is to ask the right questions so we fully understand the importance of our product or service to that person and it's so it's asking great questions and then 
more importantly, listening to the answers because we can all jump in and think, oh, you know, what is, you know, I'm, I'm going to mention price because, um, you know, I, I've got an offer on or what. And actually, the most important bit might not be the price. They may have been to three people already who they may have been cheaper, but they're looking for something else and they're looking for it from you. So the only way you know what they the three important things on their list are is by asking the right questions. Absolutely, because yeah. some people might have a budget yeah. um, for buying that fridge freezer. Some people might have a huge family and therefore need a big fridge freezer or yeah. some people, i.e. people like me, might just want to buy one because they've seen them in the films <laughs> and it looks really cool. It looks cool. <laughs> um, it, yeah, I presume yeah. you'd agree with that, Chris. Is, is there any factors you'd probably... Uh, throw into that mix? Uh, yes, I think so. Um, I think they're also looking for... It depends on the product, obviously. The Ooh. fridge freezer is a one-off purchase. But if they're looking for, for a service, um, they're, they're looking to build a relationship with with the individual. Yeah. So in other words, for, for Elaine's, mm-hmm. uh, Elaine's services, um, they may have been to two other people, three other people who, uh, who supply similar sorts of services. Mm-hmm. But um, you might be more expensive, but they might get on far better exactly. with you. Exactly, it's a key factor. And that's factor, so yeah. important. It is. Um, yeah. to, to, to be able to build relationships mm. with with your suppliers if it's going to be an ongoing relationship. Yeah. Fridge freezer, it doesn't really matter, does it? Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't buy an American freezer, but I would buy a big big fridge freezer, and, mm. uh, and that would probably be on... Um, well, I'd probably probably, probably um, part company with my wife here, but she, she'd buy on reputation... <laughs> Reputation, <laughs> reputation, and brand, and I'd probably go for price, but um, somewhere, yeah. somewhere along the line, there'd be a happy medium. Yeah. Yeah. Your wife's way, yes, <laughs> that, that's the happiest medium. Yes, yeah. um, but but yes, yeah. um, I, I think the the dynamic between the customer and the and the supplier mm. is a very very uh, underrated but very important element of the yeah, sales process. Yeah. And for me, it's probably one of the most important parts of this funnel is that mm. that that link between interest and making a decision mm. on whether or not to go ahead. And I think that's a, a large reason why people mm. tend to miss out, isn't it? Because yeah. Yeah. they don't do enough to try and convert that. Oh, well, tell me what it is you do, mm. or tell yeah. me a bit more about what you do. Yeah. Into yeah, do you know what? I can see that's got an application for me. Yeah. You know, I'd like to go ahead. It is. It's hard, isn't it? Because on our sort of our natural thing is is when we, we you know, we somebody comes to us and we think, oh, I can, I can help them. I know I can help them. And, um, you know, our mind, you know, races at 50 miles an hour. And so we're, we're sort of coming up with solutions because that's what our, you know, we're, our, our computer brain's going through all these different solutions we could offer this person. And I'm sure we've all been on the end of somebody offering a solution to something that, you know, we actually don't have a problem with <laughs> because, <laughs> because they're, they're making assumptions of, of that. Oh, yeah, I can help you with so-and-so. Yeah, well, I'm all right with that. You know, it, I, it's this I need. So it, it's so it's so important to just, you know, take that, that ask, ask a great question yeah. and then wait then and really... Um, you know, if and some sometimes you need to ask another question just to delve a little bit deeper. But it's really understand, as you, as you say, where are they coming from? Um, you know, what as the, what may well come out is, well, yeah, I have actually, you know, had someone before and it didn't work, or I had someone, 
you know whatever that looked like so it helps you then understand right this is this is what's really important to them because they've been somewhere else and that that wasn't right and i can help them with the next part of the journey or not as the case may be because you know we've got to be honest because we're not all right for everybody are we and no no that's part of our integrity that we acknowledge that you know i'm not the right person for you but i I do have a couple of other people maybe who who could help you so Mm -hmm. very key yes uh you mentioned before chris that the uh the decision element is something that us brits tend to fall down on is just (laughs) converting it from interest to decisions into actually saying right i'm going to go ahead with you to do that mm. job um it, it's not so much the decision it, it's the it's the um the salesperson and having been there i, I know it to be so true um it, it's asking for the business mm. it's saying right mr Pot- potential customer um is there anything you've heard that would stop you uh, would stop you placing the business with me now i I know that off by heart now, but I didn't know it when nah. I was selling. Mm. Um, and uh, and it's it's little little techniques like that that uh, would have been such a help to somebody like me. Mm. Um, but I know I, I speak to salespeople these days, and it's still not being done. We're still oh well. Um, I'll, I'll put a price in the post. And, oh, well, I was uh, going to say, what, where does the quote fit into it, this process? Is that is that the before you ask them that question, or is that after you've sent the quote and you, you're basically trying to convert that quote over? Yeah, I think all situations are different, but that there is uh, that there is potential for most uh, at the end of most sales presentations to to be able to say, I mean, if you've done your research, you know what the client requirement is, and there's potential to be able to say, well, based on what I do know about you, the price would be would be in the region of X. Um, is that uh, is that in line with uh, with your your budget? And then you you're getting an idea. You're saying in line with. So if if they're saying oh it's a bit steep, you can always you can always come down a bit because you haven't committed yourself. But mm. um, uh, but to, to to be able to say well it, it, it's in the region of such and such. If that's all right with you, would would you would you be able to uh, commit to going ahead? Let's say in uh, in March or April or when, whenever mm. it might be. Um, the, these these techniques are underrated, and that's why Elaine is uh, is so good at being able to uh, to 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 get them out there and um, mm. and put put them in the minds of uh, of your clients. Yeah, I I think you're spot on with that, Chris, about the 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 closing bit. And I think if we if we get the bit before it right, and you know inverted commas, what you know right is different for all of us, isn't it? But if we get yes. that bit sort of feeling comfortable for us because we're all different aren't we Mm. and if we you know there's no point in I used to write you know help people write scripts many years ago and I I said that right well these these are my words what you need to do now is put it into your words and the words you would use not my words so it feels really comfortable but but the the closing bit should be feel comfortable that we're the person if you know sometimes obviously this is on a phone isn't it but the person should be actually nodding almost yes um before we get to that bit yeah because they think oh this is just you know right for me and of course that's not always the case but you know so but if we if they are completely the right person for us and we're the right person for them 
then it should almost be yeah, a sort of bit yeah. of a done deal, really. Um, I, I suppose we've strayed a bit from uh, from the sales funnel to to, <laughs> yeah. to presentation skills and and the sales yeah, meeting, haven't we? It's all part of the process. Isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, but it would be good to do a to do a podcast on on the sales presentation. Um, yeah, actually getting into that golden client and and walking people through the do's and the don'ts of and, and what to look out for yeah because it could just take 10 minutes if you if you see the if you spot the right buying signals yeah could take 10 minutes if you rushed out of the door as well but. and and we do i mean you hear don't we you know people say yeah i was there and then you know they went they talked that much the salesperson they talked me out of it yes. and you're like oh god yes. you know Absolutely. <laughs> because we, you know, again, people, if you look at the buyer, some people are impulsive or they're, you know, quick decision makers and, and they're always like that. And other people are reflectors. And if you if you get that the wrong way around as the person selling and you try to, which, you know, we've seen it happen, you try to rush the person who isn't, there is no way they're going to make a decision no. today. And by, by doing that... I mean, the the, more, the really cringy ones aren't there. Say, well, if you sign up today, I'll give you twenty percent off. It's like, oh, oh you no, know, it's that no. sort of feeling like you're pressured. Uh, people just, you know, I don't. You said before about people, British people not being great at closing either. I think we are very mindful that we we don't like that pushiness. So, so when as the seller, we get in this mindset of, oh, I don't want to be that pushy salesperson. But actually, sometimes we. You know, we just need to tidy it all up at the end because people can be left like, well, what am I doing next then? <laughs> well, exactly. The, the, the buyer sometimes needs to needs to be told what to do next. Yeah, exactly. And that is place the order and yeah. I'll crack on with it. Yeah. One of, one of the great one questions is, is there anything, in, anything that I've said here that um, would stop you going ahead, mm. um, you know, based, based on what we've spoken about? And that's, you know, it's a really good question because um, you then it could, anything come out of that well actually it's the price or no you know i just need to think about overnight brilliant okay well um should we book a call in tomorrow you know and agree a time yeah. in sales one of the the best ways of getting comfortable is having that next opportunity or that next conversation yes. booked in the worst ones are oh um well i'll you know i'll be in touch in a couple of days and yeah. then you know if you're feeling a bit anxious about it as the salesperson, then a couple of days can go into three, four, and then it's a bit We're like... back to procrastination, yeah. aren't we? <laughs> Absolutely. So it's always that agreeing, um, you know, the 24 hours or 48 hours, mm. how does two o'clock work for you on Tuesday? Brilliant. Okay, I'll call you then. And then and then I can answer any more questions that you may have. Not I'm going to call you to find out what your decision is. Mm. It's still a... You know, this is still an open door at this stage. So there's just there's just many things, isn't there, really? I'll uh, shut up now. No, <laughs> no not, not, not at all. The brain processes nearly 10,000 visual and oral cues per minute. As first impressions stick, make the customer see your business in the right way. Funky Vibes can ensure your vibes attract the right tribe with their marketing expertise, graphic design, bespoke websites, and social media packages. For more information or a no-commitment initial consultation, simply email your tribe at funkyvibe.co.uk. 
a lot of people will probably recognize a lot of the things that we've said they may even recognize some of those things as being already in place so mm. do we have any practical examples of a sales funnel in motion or what people do as part of a sales funnel that people might recognize because some people might already have parts of it in place but yeah. they might have a couple of the 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 chains sorry the links in the chain missing and not quite realize it yeah. so so we, we've obviously mentioned in terms of like awareness you'd probably be talking about getting websites advertising banners um mm. powerpoint presentations networking email mm. marketing yeah, all yeah. those kind of things but yeah. what what other practical processes can you think of that might show what people will do as part of that funnel um can I just give you one very important link that's uh, that's often overlooked? And it's not at the beginning, in the middle, it's right at the end. It's the follow-up. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> the follow-up is done so badly mm. with so many companies uh, or so many individuals. Mm. And people get up, get, salespeople can be put off following up once and, and not getting a, a, a yeah. positive response. The client might might be saying, "Well, we haven't made a decision yet." The the the, uh, the salesperson takes that as a no, so mm. doesn't follow it up again. There is a statistic, and I wish I'd. Uh, I've got uh, them. Have you, I have, have you got it? I've Ooh, got them. Right, love a stat. Uh, I know. You, you go for it, Elaine. So this is all based on follow up. So forty eight percent of this is of salespeople. So this all follows salespeople. Never follow up at all. Twenty five percent make. Well, that's criminal. I know. And that, that's actually really hard to believe that, isn't it? You think you've done all that work sort of with your leads and then you don't do it. But... The cost of achieving just yeah. one lead and doing a sales pitch yeah. and, and so on and so forth. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm staggered by 48%. So 25% make a second contact and 12 make more than three contacts. Yet, this is really good because 2% of sales are only made on the first contact. <laughs> So, you know, that's just like, yes. so why would you even think not to really? And 3% still are only made on the second contact, 5 on the third, 10 on the fourth, but 80% come from anything over the fifth onwards. It's a case, oh, not you again, you've got the job. <laughs> oh, bugger <laughs> off. No, but Here's me wallet, just take it. It's tenacity, isn't it? T- well, tenacity you know, counts. It it's consistency, isn't it? And it's, you know, I always get into this sort of in a nice debate of if you were the person wanting to buy something and you went to, you know, big company or whoever, you went and you, you were really interested in something and, you know, Sometimes we're just doing a bit of a reach out and a bit of research. We might contact a four people. And, you know, therefore, we're probably saying then only, you know, I've contacted four, so probably only two are going to get in touch with me anyway. Um, so then you, so you've got this filter then and you're thinking, yeah, I'm really interested in this. And, and you know, who's going to um, engage with me? And then we're thinking, well, two replied, but only one even did any bit of sort of engagement after the first email. So you, know, you think if you were that buyer, wouldn't you be thinking, for goodness sake, <laughs> I want bloody blah, and nobody's really getting back to me. So we, so we have to keep putting the buyer's hat on and thinking, I'd be getting really frustrated if people didn't get back to me. Uh, maybe this is just me, I don't know. But you just think, you just, it's that 
Yeah. Think like a buyer. Whenever you're hesitating, think, well, if you were that person buying, um, you would like the information. No, you don't want to be called 10 times a day. You've asked for the information in the first place. You would like someone to get back to you in a timely manner um, and, you know, prompt you because you may have forgotten after, you know, a week. Well, that's it. The, mm. the engagement might not necessarily be the people who reply to that first, say, email. Um, it might be if you've sent 100 emails out and three people have responded, those are the 97. There might be a large percentage of those who meant to but have forgotten or yeah. Yeah. intend to but aren't in a position to do it yet. No. And if they never see another email from you, you just drop out of their radar, don't yeah. you? Whereas yeah. if they're getting another email once a month, you're constantly staying in the forethought of their brain. Yeah. So when they do actually get round to doing it or... Yeah when they can afford it or yeah. the person who's supplying that service lets them down so they're looking for a replacement, yeah. you are there primed yeah. to turn into that Absolutely. that engagement person. Yeah. 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 You know, oh, and, yeah. you know, it is all of the above, isn't it, as you've just said. It's all of those. It could be many reasons why we don't buy first time round. And, and, you know, that we've all done it at some point where we think, oh, I've approached so-and-so. Oh, yeah, I've had, you know, I'm not going to be doing this for a good few months or something. And then then you think, oh, who was it, that person who got in touch with me? Because I've never heard from them again. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. then you look for somebody else because you think, well, I don't know who they were. Um, you know, you had no sort of relationship with them anyway. So no. so you just go look somewhere else, won't you? So you... But I think those figures should be imprinted on every salesperson's uh, portfolio, yeah. as it were. Um, yeah. Well, uh... it, it, they are shockingly... Stark, aren't they? Forty-eight percent never follow up. I know. I mean, these are American figures. I have to say, this based on American site. There is, of course, a rather important Mm. link we've missed, which is about the people who we do convert at the bottom, about Mm. feeding them back into the top again. So, Mm. quite often, people overlook their existing client base as being a great source of starting the whole cycle again. Yeah. Um, We often assume we've got them once. They won't want it again, so we don't contact them or mm. check in with them. Yeah, make yeah. them aware of new services or yeah. special offers. And yeah, as a we result just assume of which, they know, don't we? Yeah, and yeah. As, assume, as a result of which, we don't get more work no. from people who have already proven to be yeah. happy to part with their cash for yeah. your no. services. Yeah, and it goes back to you know a couple of companies we all know where they once you're with them, you you hear not a lot. <laughs> Um, and uh, and then when then there's offers going on to to get help them get new, more new clients, but you know, the, which is always poor, isn't it, for the people who think, well, I've been with you ten years, <laughs> and um, no offers here, uh, but obviously let's get the offers out for the people who we're trying to get. Yeah. Yep. So it doesn't bode well, does it really? Mm. No, not good. So um, how would we go about um, as a, a business owner? Who, or even a, a member of a sales team, mm. how how do we go about putting a sales funnel idea together? How do we write it down? How do we we look at what is available in order to put all these pieces together? Good, yeah, no, good question. I think it, it does massively vary, doesn't it, on your company and your structure, definitely. Process is similar though, isn't it, for for sales per se? It it, it, it I suppose I'm talking more about. If you were getting into the nitty gritty of what would you, what would you do and how would you do it? It really yeah. depends on the size of your company yeah. and all of yeah. that, doesn't it? Okay. Or whether it's a, 
you know, if, if you're talking to a company like my type of company that's offering services, you know, you're going to have a smaller number of clients you'll be looking at each month compared to, you know, the one with multi-products or something yes. like that. Yeah. So it depends on how you do it. But I think this, in, in a... In a nutshell, though, there are CRM systems and there's automated systems. And So what's a CRM? It's a customer relationship management. Right. So it's in in, um, in simple terms, it's basically where, where you store your, your client's information as in, you know, their contact details and things like that. And there's loads out there, and I'm certainly not going to um, say which ones are the best or which aren't because I've been on the end of some as, a, as in my sales roles where they literally this is your data and you know do something with that um and then of course i've got my own um now but there are lots of options out there some particularly if you were sort of a you know very small business go for simple i think that's the that's the key but what it does i've got a potential client for you elaine because um you can advise them on a on a crm system because i i gave them the go-ahead on um on quite an expensive uh, facility, should we say, within our our house, and but I said I didn't didn't want them to go ahead till April. Yeah. Um. So go ahead, given back in December. Since then, about every three days, I get a, an email from them <laughs> saying, uh, so, "Notice you haven't made a decision yet. Uh, we can we can offer a hundred pounds off for oh. by uh, April. It'll be free." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's the same hundred pounds each time. Um, but they, I'd already negotiated a discount, oh. and I, I I've written back and said, you know, yeah. take me off the mailing list. I'm, yeah. I'm converted. Yeah. Um, but that for me is a huge huge no no yeah you don't yeah. Uh, you don't follow up somebody who's who's actually no. made the decision no but i've had i've had probably eight or ten emails a real since, since so december annoying, isn't it yeah well, that goes back to the car thing i mentioned yes yeah. episodes ago with my yeah. dad where the the car company were just mithering him to death to the point mm. where he just said stuff this yeah um, i'm not interested no. anymore I don't want to deal with you. No, I, I, I thought I've sort of something I got the other day. I better, better not repeat it because if I say it, the person who sent it will know. <laughs> but you just think, seriously, have you read what I do? <laughs> have we sent any emails to Elaine recently? No, you're okay. <laughs> not of that nature, no. It was via LinkedIn, actually. I was like, oh, I have no problem at all people messaging me on LinkedIn. I really don't because, you know, I, I know some people say, oh, they connect and then they message you. I'm not really bothered about that. That's fine. If it's something that, you know, there might just be something there I see and think, oh, yeah, tell me more. So it really doesn't bother me. But when somebody's trying to sell you something that you actually already do, <laughs> it's like, um, no, maybe I'm not your best client. <laughs> so I guess I guess, I guess, guess one of the, the key features of coming up with a sales funnel or checking that you've got one or checking that the one you have works is being aware of what assets you've got to create awareness. Yeah. Mm. It's about making sure that the people who will ultimately be dealing with those prospective customers are trained properly to ask yeah. the right questions yeah. and to recognize the correct things. And then it's about having mm. some sort of process, whether it be automated to save on human error or, mm. or to make it a bit easier or having some sort of accountability within yeah. that team yeah. to make sure that that process is followed right the way through yeah. to the very end. And, it can, you know, it can be really simple if, you you know, I was talking to somebody two weeks ago and it was a, 
Um, you know, we were talking through her customer journey and, and it's sort of don't be afraid of it really. Don't think it has to be this grand something that, you know, everybody throws around. It's like, what is it that you want? What's the journey that you want your customer to have or your potential customer? And, you know, your, your first state step might be an email and it could be you know a personal email or whatever that looks like because if you're not you know if your business doesn't lend itself to getting lots of emails and it's easy to do personal ones so you might respond there and then and within that email um you might have a link to your calendar you know so that they can there's all sorts of different calendar apps you can have and you can arrange a call for you know for chat or to talk to you more to hear more about what you're looking for it's just, you know, it can be as simple as that. So then when you've got that call booked in, you absolutely, this is all in my um, podcast, by the way, but, you know, it's all about, you know, don't sort of five minutes before that call think, oh, yeah, oh, I've just, you know, I'll, I've just got a couple of notes here. That call is an, an important call. You, you, know, yeah. you, It might be the only call that you've got that week, don't you? You know, you want yeah. to make sure that that call, you're, you're, in control of it in as much as you know what you want to ask you know what you want want to understand you've got a, a start and a middle and an end to it um and um, it's an exploratory call so and then obviously you know from where it goes from there but it it's what would you see your steps looking like really and some take longer obviously it can be different exchanges of emails but whatever it looks like what do you feel feels right for you and your potential buyer well Sorry, Chris. Well, I, I received, uh, I received. It's not so much uh, innovative as uh, a retro approach uh, a couple of weeks ago, and or an innovatively retro in approach. A, easy for you to say. <laughs> um, yes, um, and this was. I got this handwritten envelope, opened it, and there was a, a, a company name on the on the letterhead, and it, dear Chris, written. And then a typed letter saying, uh, "You probably don't receive many uh, many of these uh, sorts of approaches uh, because mm. you're probably opening and deleting lots of emails." And this was a this was a written promotion, yeah. mm. and it was really really interesting, sufficient yeah. to 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 for me to pick up the phone. And, I like uh, it, yeah, uh, and make arrangements mm. to meet. So he, tar- I'd, I'd been targeted, but then we target people on, yeah. on email and uh, LinkedIn and Facebook mm. and so on. Um, so he he knew there was half a chance that that I'd be in the market for yeah. for what he did, um, and it was just and it's it's thinking it's thinking it's not laterally it's thinking, but but it's it's going back to the old days of direct mail when yeah, uh, yeah. um but the handwritten envelope was a nice touch yeah, and the, love the it. handwritten dear chris and uh, a handwritten signature was uh, uh, retro in- innovative <laughs> Retro, innovatively retro. That's the one, Mark. Thank you very much. Um, I love that. I do love that because again, it's it's thinking out the box, isn't it? And um, and you know, you, you absolutely. How many of us would get a letter through the post and think, no, you know, I'm not going to open that. You're going to open it yeah, anyway, aren't yeah, you? You, you are absolutely these days because yeah. the days have gone where you used to get a lot of direct mail. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now you just get bills. Well, sadly, <laughs> yeah, they, they remain unopened. <laughs> Although I do, uh, obviously, um, you know, like post-Christmas and birthdays, all your nephews and nieces do those handwritten cards for yes. I get them. Mm. And you can always tell because they're the handwritten envelopes oh, on. Yeah. So they're, they're always something you open first. Yes. yes. Leave the rest yeah. of it alone. 
Yes. For another day. I procrastinate on it. Yeah. yeah. It must be birthdays coming up then. Is it your birthday? When's your birthday? Oh, November. Oh, you're, oh, you're November? Yeah. Ah, you're March, March, aren't you? yes. I'm, ah. I'm a March hair. Elaine? Oh, June. I'm June. Making note, listeners, we're expecting <laughs> birthday presents. <laughs> a lot of them. Oh, dear. Mm. Now, each week we come up with a tool or a tip mm. um, to help with these things. I'm going to get in early um, because I suspect, um, <laughs> I know what Elaine was going to say, but I'd already written da- written it down and she tried to steal me thunder before <laughs> because my top tip would be Elaine's brand new online sales course. <laughs> 10 oh. minutes, 10 days, 10 actions, which you can get on your website to sum it up, is it .com? Yes. Um, and you can find the page, which is, mm. I think it's forward slash 10, 10, 10. Yeah. Uh, do you want to tell everyone what it is? Oh, if I must. Oh, heavens. Um, so, yeah, so the program, just very briefly, where did it come from? As a as a as someone who I call myself an accidental salesperson who entered the world of sales purely by chance because I just loved helping people and then you know went from there really uh, so over the last three years since starting a business it became very apparent that there's lots of people out there like me who would just start a business and think ah yeah I'm not too fond of the selling bit and I don't want to be salesy and I don't want to be pushy and I don't want to be that and it actually even though I had experience in sales it's it felt like massively overwhelming that you think well, somebody's saying that oh, you know I should be doing it this way. Other people are saying that way, and then I'm listening to a webinar, and oh my god, I need to be doing ten things that I'm not even doing, and it just becomes all very overwhelming, very confusing. And um, so I sort of pulled all that back and thought, right, how how do you make it simple for people really? Because there's things that if we did on did consistently and had some framework of what we do, it would definitely help us um, get to where we want to be. So. So that's sort of where the programme came from. I did it face-to-face. I still do some face-to-face, but the, it's now in this 10 mini podcasts, uh, as Mark said, 10 minutes, 10 days, and 10, 10 actions. And it takes you from who your customer is, who you're talking to, what outcomes you're going to provide, knowing what stops you, you know, knowing your nose, and um, you know what are you procrastinating about? Are you spending time... Just as we said there, you know, you follow up, you're doing it properly, you're dedicating time to that, you know, what does it look like? So it takes you through 10 steps, really, that, um, you know, give you some more clarity of things that you should be considering when you're creating your processes and, and who you want to be and who who you want to be seen as in within your company. So fantastic well, that's it. Thank well you. we'll stick a link to that in the show notes. Highly recommend having a look at it. Uh, now, of course, you won't have a better tool than that, Chris. I haven't, and I wouldn't dream of even trying. I think that that's our that's our our best tip for the uh, for this podcast is go to Elaine's ten by ten by ten. Excellent. Fantastic. Oh, well, that's very kind of you, gentlemen. The checks in the post. <laughs> um, have we covered everything on the sales funnel? Well, you can't possibly, can we? No. But, um, but I think yeah. I think we've done a, a reasonably good job. Mm. I, I think there's there's room for uh, another podcast to do the to do the digital sales funnel because yeah. it's yeah. been predominantly manual today. Mm. No, no bad thing in that. Uh, but the digital one is uh, is a subject all on its own. Very much so. Yeah. I mean, people have websites within websites, don't they, yeah. as, as funnels and the like. I think we have, we'll probably do a digital one then as a separate show. Yeah. There's plenty more to come. 
if you've got any questions, fire it into us at goldfish at thepodstation.co.uk. You can also ask questions direct using social media. That's go underscore fish marketing, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Like and share the pages. Like and share the pod. The pod. We've uh, we've obviously got um, uh, five star comments. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need I need that reassurance <laughs> that, that, that I'm that I'm loved. <laughs> oh, you love! Oh, don't you worry. All right. <laughs> Chris wasn't convinced there. Well, yeah. But carry on. <laughs> you can also check out lots of other shows at thepodstation.co.uk. There's a whole host of other things. Um, oh. Right. Have we got anything else? Not from me. No, not from no. me. Well, thank you very much, guys, for your help. It's been great. Hope you've enjoyed it, guys. And we'll, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, yeah. Mark. Bye. Get social at go underscore fish marketing on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.